0: Voice of the Bombers, one-on-one with Mike O'Shea. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB.
1: And I'm going to start the show with a text from David. I think kind of sums up the feelings probably of most of the fans after the Bombers 35-10 Banjo Bowl win over Saskatchewan on Saturday. Hey, Mike, congrats on a three-phase win, barring that one drive in the Labor Day Classic at the end. Had that been a different outcome, we'd be three and zero against Sask, which speaks volumes to the whole organization. Or three? He says three and zero. I don't know what he means by that, but three and zero, which speaks volumes to the whole organization and the depth we have. I enjoyed the Banjo Bowl. Now you go enjoy the bye week. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I figured
0: you'd you know, feel that You know the, the guys. Yeah, I, I tell you, it's interesting. They. The players definitely need a break, um, you know, physically, and you always need a little bit of a mental break uh, from it. But the coaches, they they really deserve uh, a bit of time away from the computers and the and the and the monitors and the. Film. You have,
1: do you have to order them to stay away?
0: Uh, no, no, they they've got the calendar set from before, like sort of the middle of the off season when the schedule comes out. I'll mm-hmm. set the whole calendar for the year and. And it says, you know, coaches not due back until this date, and and they should stay away yeah. till then. I guess if they want to go in on their own, they can. But yeah, if, they're they're going to take a bit of work home. They're yeah. always going to be looking at a project, you know. Or they want to, you know, this break doesn't change what we really want to accomplish, right? So there's going to be things that the guys want to look at and study, you know, from the first two thirds of the season as to what what we've done and what's worked and what hasn't and what teams try to do to us and, um, you know, try and get better. There's always a bit of that going on that that'll never stop. Right. But it's, uh, I tell you, they've been, they've been working hard putting plans together.
1: Is it needed right now, the break for the players and the coaches? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Was it 11 weeks in a row you've played?
0: 11 weeks in a row. Yeah. We had the bye week in week two. And, uh, they've been going at it. So they've done it. Like I said, in the, uh, Post game, they they've done a great job um, making sure they're ready every single week, you know. And and that I added to that is they must, you know. I really feel strongly that they're making good decisions away from the stadium too, right? To to be able to come in and practice mm-hmm. over and over again, and, and and get out in the field and produce like they have been. What were you proudest of on Saturday? If I can use the word proud, maybe that's yeah. Not no, I idea. was I was proud of them for sure. I, I think just that the ability to Put forth that kind of effort, um, eliminate the distraction of a buy and you know people taking off the next day. Some guys probably taking off that night, mm-hmm. you know, and and all that putting all that distraction aside and um, not starting the break, you know, three hours earlier. Right, that's always something you're, you're you know you're thinking about, aware of. And um, I don't worry about it per se because I think our players, uh, just the type of guys we have, I don't think that's going to happen. But um th- this the effort they were able to put forward, I think they're always going to give effort, but the that sustained effort after that many number of weeks to to look that uh physical and fast out there was
2: was nice. Let's
0: go
1: to the phone lines, Gary, you're on the coach's show with Mike O'Shea. go ahead, Gary.
2: Hi, guys. uh, what I have to say sort of ties in what you've been talking about. Uh, On Saturday, I listened to the pregame show, as always, Bob. And I just loved Kelly Moore's piece on Augustine, uh, explaining about his martial arts background. And there's got to be a mental toughness to that. We know that uh, Harrison Joy is doing yoga. Coach, you don't seem to be a yoga-type person to me. So what do you do to keep your yin and yang in balance? And how do you try to help the players? In that regard, because it's a it's a long, long season.
1: I, listen, I'm interested in Mike's yin yang too. So why don't you tell <laughs> us how you keep your yin and your yang
0: going there? Oh, I don't chan- know. If I, I don't know if I do a good <laughs> enough job. I have been seen in a yoga studio at some point. I have been, and and maybe again sometime soon. But uh, that's, when were that's you not, when were you seen in a yoga <laughs> studio back in Toronto days? Oh no. no. <laughs> I've been here the odd time. <laughs> okay, uh, I have a hard time keeping up with it. That's the problem. So, uh, I don't. Maybe I don't do enough to keep my yin and yang in order. But for the players, what we try to do, I mean, with with Al Couture and Braden Miller, you know, with the training staff and strength and conditioning, uh, we're always monitoring uh, the players' workload, and and we'll talk weekly at what we think the players need. And the coaches do a good job of if I ask them to pare down. Uh, a practice or two and and really only you know go in with the bare minimum in terms of physical preparation to give the guys a bit of a rest. The coaches will do that they'll you know cut down practice and and really focus on just exactly what they need and you know maybe don't get exactly what they want, but they get what they need and the players do a good job of responding that if we give them some uh you know if we give them a little bit of break physically during during a particular week um they make up for it in terms of the mental preparation by making sure they're getting extra film and extra meeting time with each other. So,
2: Well, I, I hope you enjoy your week off, and hopefully your honeydew list isn't too long from your wife. And, Bob, we all love you, and you're the dude.
1: <laughs> okay, Gary, thanks very much. Appreciate the call. For those who uh, just, uh, it's not an inside joke, but when you interviewed Drew Walatarsky... He calls everybody dude, and so I interviewed him for our pregame show the other day, and every third word was dude, 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 and I liked it. And so I said in the air, I like being called dude. It was really cool. Gail, you're on the Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead. Good evening, gentlemen. Um, Three questions, or
2: two questions and
1: one comment. Um, Question number one, when did um, Nick Dembski and... Lucky Whitehead get hurt or where or what the hay? Because all of a sudden they hear they're not playing. And then the other question is, uh, uh, was strevler hurt on that one play? Because I rewatched the game when I got home after the game, and he kind of buckled over there at one point that I didn't see when I was in the stands, but I saw it when it was on TV.
0: Okay, let's let Mike address that, Gail. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Streb was was hurt. Um, you know, there's always points in time of, in any football game where a guy might, I don't know, look a little more stressed than, than another time physically, but no, he, he really delivers punishment rather than takes it, I think. And with, uh, Lucky and Nick, um, you know, there was a chance that they might be available. And because we don't, Talk about injuries, and we don't divulge our roster until the last possible minute. Um, you know, we want to give the players every opportunity to play. Uh, they were basically ruled out right before the game. Basically,
1: okay. yeah, I think. I think Gail, you could assume they were hurt in the game in Regina because they didn't practice in the days following. Yeah, that I wasn't so that's sure. yeah. I mean, that okay. is that fair I to say, happened. Mike? They got hurt in Regina. That's that's fair to say. Yeah. Okay. And the comment I have to make was, you've made my 61st birthday very happy because it was my birthday on Saturday, and that's why I was at the game. Happy birthday. Thanks a bunch, guys. All right, Gail. Thanks Bye. for the call. Appreciate it. Another Gary. Gary, you're on the Coaches Show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead.
0: Um, when Strebler's contract comes up for renewal, are you guys concerned that the teams from the East are going to go after him hard? Because I'm sure he wants to be a starter. Yeah, that's not even on my radar. Honestly, okay. I don't, I don't think about that. I know Chris Trevler's not thinking about that right now. Chris Strebler's thinking about how do we, yep. how do we win this game, and how do I prepare myself the best to give our team the best opportunity to win. So, those how things are all off-season conversations. And yeah, how much uh, longer is he his contract with Winnipeg? I think this is his last year. This is it. Yeah, and yeah. The same uh, with Nichols. I, I think so. Yeah.
3: Ouch you got some decisions to make there, I would think. But like I say, that's, you know, nothing to think of now. But something I thought of, you know,
1: like I'm sure Strubler's going to want his own team.
0: Well, right now he has it. Yeah, yeah right now he has it, yeah.
1: Okay, Gary. Okay.
0: Thanks. Yeah. And by the way, Gary,
1: that is something we in the media and I know the fans talk about uh, quite regularly. But, uh, Mike, you can't. I mean, you're worried about winning games, right? You don't worry about that stuff so right now.
0: So yeah. are the players. Yeah. So are the players. Yeah. Matt Nichols is is working his tail off to get healthy. Chris Treveler's is working his tail off to to, to help us win games. <laughs> you know, these are these are things that you know the true professionals are not thinking like that. They're they understand that all that stuff comes if you stay focused on your preparation and and your um, and you deliver. You know, you you execute. True that. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB.
1: Here's a text, Mike. He says, I thought the O-line stopped Charleston Hughes. Was it your tackles or was it a team effort? And will you keep Johnny Augustine on the active roster?
0: Yeah, Johnny's been active uh, basically since, I think, week two. And uh, stopping a pass rush um, or not giving up sacks is, is always a 12-man effort. It's like we always talk if we give up a sack and somebody's getting on mad at the O-line. It's, it's not just that, right? It's, it's protection. It's execution of protection. It's execution of uh, route depth and timing and spacing with the receivers so that they are in the right spot when the quarterback's going to be looking at them. It's the quarterback making sure he's got eyes in the right spot. It's, it's running backs protection. Sometimes it's receiver protection adding in, so um, I thought our O-line did a did a nice job, and uh, overall I think it, it, it pretty well worked out, but it's really all 12 guys on the offense working for that.
1: It's often been said in football games are one in the trenches. I thought that applied on Saturday. Your your O-and-D lines, I won't say they dominated the riders, but I thought they had an edge. Would you agree with that?
0: Uh, yeah, I would think so. They... Um, I mean, it, it's not just showing up in the stat line. I think there's um, when you get to the quarterback like that, and when you stop the run like that defensively, I think your whole front is doing a great job. And sometimes it's it's pressure, you know, that Richie's been bringing from uh, outside of the box. Uh, and then when you can, you know, Strav, I thought had some more time this week, and I thought he was uh, more relaxed in the pocket, which is. A part of making knowing that he's got protection and the guys are running the right routes around him. So
1: that's part of his growth too. Now, isn't yeah, absolutely.
0: It? Yeah. And I thought our running game was excellent too, yeah. with both Johnny
1: and Strev. Why are you guys so good against the run? You're the best in the league.
0: Why is that? Well, I think it really starts inside. You know, um, you look at our our D tackles in in Drake, Jake, and Stove. Um, and then with Biggie in the middle there, and and both Biggie and Kyrie have a lot of speed, Uh, so when things get plugged up in the middle and it goes to the edges, you got linebackers that can fill up inside and have speed to get to the edge, and you've got very good end play. I think our ends are doing a good job with their responsibilities. They're executing their responsibilities very well. And then also on the one edge with Willie, you know, his wingspan is... Yeah. Such that he he covers more than a gap just with his body. So can't overstate
1: how great it is though to to shut teams down on the run. It does it makes teams one dimensional. I mean Powell on Saturday had four carries for one yard.
0: Yeah, and you know in the third, especially that drive they had in the third to come down and score. We you know we let Fajardo get out a little bit on us, but um, I think we responded well from that point on after that drive, but. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I, I'd like to see what happens. I, I I feel very confident in our guys. The teams, um, you know, so far have been sort of going a, away from the run. But you don't, you know, the next game we play with Montreal, I don't expect them to to go away from the run. They have the ability to run at the running back position with Standback and mm-hmm. um, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Johnson, Johnson too. Geez, yep. yeah, and and uh, at the quarterback spot too. So. I would expect they would stick with it. I would think
1: so. Yeah, Dan, you're on or Don, rather, you're on the coach show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead, Don. Oh, hey
3: guys, how are you doing, uh, Mike? Uh, I want to congratulate you for the win. You've made a lot of Manitobans extremely happy with that win. Uh, the boys just an impressive win on all facets of the game. Um, you know, with with the win, there has to be a little bit of not negativity, but there's things that need to be kind of clamped down on. But just one comment, one question. Lapo had the call. Game of his life, absolutely gave Stravler the offense that he could run and work with, and it was beautiful to watch. It was just, it was, it was just nice. Um, with regards to a question, uh, Mike, with regards to the kind of the undisciplined um, forays that we were seeing on the field, I know the game brings a lot of heat. It brings a lot of intensity, but those penalties could end up costing us down the road. They didn't. Uh, the one that was kind of unbalanced, it was a balanced penalty between the, the, the both teams. If it hadn't gone that way, it would have cost us a lot.
1: You're talking about the roughing in the end zone after the, the uh, first or second, first touchdown. Yeah, there was 15-yard penalties on either side, but the Bombers only took six penalties in the game, Mike. You, you wouldn't have been upset with that, eh?
0: Um I- first of all the the comment about lapo absolutely I thought he did a, a great job with the game plan. All the offensive coaches have input in that I thought they they really did a nice job and um I think lapo always calls a good game so uh with the discipline I, you know i think in 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 that atmosphere any atmosphere of that matter i'd I'd like us to not take those two u r penalties we took um of course um <clears throat> And, and I think our guys can be better that way, but it, it was six penalties, I think for seventy yards mm-hmm. and uh I'm not sure how costly they were, which doesn't excuse the player they know they know better than that and uh,
3: well it was good to see it was just uh it was it was brilliant to see it was it was exactly what we were looking for as Winnipegers, and like I said, I called in last week and said, I think that was a win in in Saskatchewan, and this game was definitely. A, you know, a decided win, and uh, I'm on a part of a Facebook group called the Armchair Quarterbacks, and we all love you. So, continued success.
0: Thank you very much. Yes, this wins a lot easier to talk about than the apparent <laughs> win from last week. <laughs> Amen. All right.
1: Thanks, Thank Don. You. Appreciate the call. Yeah. So the Bombers are in Montreal a week from Saturday. Their next home game is Friday, September 27th against Hamilton. You got three home games left, and they all have a certain amount of. Super appeal to them. Hamilton, Montreal, and Calgary.
0: Yeah, it's... I'm talking about it from a fan perspective. The schedule's not getting easier. No, it (laughs) isn't. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680
1: CJOB. I will sometimes ask the coach about the the world at large, the sports world at large, outside of what's going on in the Canadian Football League. Uh, You know what, Bianca... Andrescu did it on the weekend. Fired me up. Yeah, were you were you aware oh, of that or absolutely. how much attention could you pay to that? Well
0: I watched the I watched the semifinal and uh I, you know, I actually jumped up off the couch and, you know, pumped my fist in the air when she won. And uh, you know, I knew at halftime that that she was looked like she was in control, you know. So um it's a great, I think it was it's a great story. Isn't it's it? a great story. Yeah. It's you know when you look around the sports world and you see all these prominent Canadian sports figures that that mm-hmm. were you know at the top of the their game world class uh sports heroes, Canadian sports heroes and they're inspired by her. You can't help it. I look at I just look at uh Bianca and and Brooke Henderson and you know they may be battling it out for uh SportsPerson of the Year, Canadian SportsPerson of the Year. And and they should. These two boy, they've they've I think they're gonna do so much for Canadian sport, but they've certainly um, inspired a nation and and made everybody extremely proud of their efforts. They just seem so they seem to just have it figured out at such a young age.
1: Yeah, Andreski's nineteen years old, and she's a real fighter too. You have to admire the way she fights because you like gritty oh. athletes, don't you? Yeah, she's gritty. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations, coach, on Saturday's convincing victory. This is a text, by the way. When things break down in the pocket around Strever, you really can't put a price on although I'm sure his agent can, Strevler's ability to make plays, that that's not me, that's the text, ability to make plays with his mobility and strength. Is it possible we'll see a bit less of Strevler ad-libbing as he matures as a quarterback and hones his ability to properly read defenses and go through his reads?
0: I I don't I wouldn't say it's ad-libbing. I think there's uh, a part of his game that says if if he feels that the the target or the pass isn't there to use what he's got and make it work. So uh, I don't think it's ad libbing. I think you know Chris Trevler does a good job of understanding and running our offense, and um, you know that other dimension he has uh, certainly gets him out of a jam um, quite nicely. Yeah, you know it's uh, been suggested by
1: a lot of people that he can't keep playing the way he plays, or he'll get hurt. And yet, as I watched the game on Saturday, I'm thinking you'd be out of your mind to discourage him from running because it's such a huge part of his arsenal.
0: You know, he knows how to play the game his way, and I I wouldn't want to change that. There's Two things come to mind. There's a lot of guys that, that when their career's over, they still have a lot left to give. And I'll say this, when whenever Chris Straveler's career is over, however many years or decades that is, like way down the road, whenever that is, he'll have given it his all. He'll have given every last play he could give, right? You, remember the people that used to say Wendell Clark should play differently? Wendell Clark knew how to play hockey one way. Yeah. And that was all out. And that's beautiful. It
1: was said about Eric Lindros, too, that he, you know, it was great the way he played, but the beating he took physically, would, it would, you know, he wouldn't be able to stand up. He was a big man. Yep. But people say that. Yeah, you're right.
0: There's, there's, you got to give everything you got to this yeah. sport. It's a tough sport. You got to give everything you got to it. And um, however that long that takes you through your career, I think it's a great thing to have nothing left at the end of it. Yeah. Well,
1: he doesn't know any other—he'll never know any other way to
0: play. And, under... and, and I'm not trying to change him. No. Why would you? Why would you? Yeah. This that's, the, that's his style. Hi, Coach. Uh, why did you
1: challenge the PI? The pass interference in the fourth quarter didn't seem necessary. Also, have you ever had a player disrespect you the way Ed Ganey did just before you challenged P.S.? I think Ed Gainey. well, I won't say what he says. He thinks Ed Ganey. So four minutes left in the game, you challenged uh, what you thought was a P.I., and Ed Gainey came over to your bench, and for, I don't know, 20 or 30 seconds, he was in your face and the face of your players. Your thoughts on the whole thing?
0: Well, I, I honestly, I don't even notice Ed Gainey doing that. That's, I mean, then that's part of Ed's shtick, I'm sure. So w- whatever, it, it doesn't, uh, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't, affect us one way or another. Uh, the challenge, if you got an opportunity to challenge and you can win it, it doesn't matter what the score is. Um, you know, at that point, if if we create a first down by winning a challenge, we have a better chance of running out the clock. You know, with a first down at midfield, you can drive the rest of the way and you, you know, with four minutes, we'd like, it's it's a bit of a stretch in this regard, but you'd like our offense to finish with the ball with the time running out rather than have to put our punt team back out there and face a potential punt block, a potential return, um, and then throw the defense back out there. It's, you would like, to, in clean football, you'd like to be able to run out the clock from that amount of time, and, and winning a challenge at that point would have given us a better chance to do that. Now, the losing the challenge, yeah. So the replay that I saw, uh, the first replay was, it looked like there might have been accidental pass interference which is a call, you know, trip from behind, and then by the time we saw the third angle after I challenged, you knew we weren't going to win it. I knew basically within about 12 seconds after I challenged it, I see the next replay and the next angle of it, and you realize, yeah, you're not going to win it. So So if you had seen that angle, you wouldn't have challenged. No, but the play is going on. Mm -hmm. Our, our, Our punt team's out there, and they're getting ready, and they're lining up, and you only got so much time. Yeah. You know, if... If there happened to be, you know, I guess what you could have done is I could have used a timeout there. But the challenge is the same thing. Mm -hmm. It results in the same thing, really.
1: Uh, Here's a text from Michael. Coach, great performance in the Banjo Bowl. Can you give an overview of how game time communication works among you and your coaching staff and between coaches and players with so many people involved and the need to make and convey complex decisions quickly? What protocols and strategies are in use?
0: Well, uh, we're all basically connected by by headset and microphone, so you can talk through that. Um, our fans, when Sask's offense is on the field, our fans make it very difficult to even communicate with through the headset, <laughs> which is pretty neat. There's a lot of crackling going on in your in your earpiece because your 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 microphone's picking up everything. Um, so that that's interesting. They do a great job of that. Um, and then, you know, what's I think is really good about having continuity in our coaching staff is um, we've been through a lot of the decisions and conversations already in years past. So um, some of that stuff's already just understood or well-known or what we want to do, how we want to approach situations, right? Yeah. Which is very handy.
1: So Paul Appelice and Richie Hall are up in the... Spotters booth, mm-hmm. your offensive and defensive coordinators. They're calling plays. You're hearing them all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Richie hearing what Paul's calling? Oh, no, no, he's on
0: a different no. channel. He's on a different channel. Yeah, okay. he might hear him because he's sitting beside him. Yeah. But he's on a different channel. He's on a, there's a, a three channel system. So yeah. I can, I can listen to the offense or I can listen to the defense. Okay. Communicate to both. I can also communicate to the quarterback. Yep. Oh, you can, eh? Yeah. Okay. And Buck Pierce has got a headphone on and he's, so he's listening yep. to. Yeah. And uh, Kevin Burgoyne up in the booth. Uh, our running backs coach, he's on a headset with um, Marty Costello, our line coach. Yeah. So the defense is actually short a, a headset because it goes Richie down to Glenn Young um, and up in the booth is James Stanley spotting for Richie mm-hmm. and and um, charting for Richie and down on the sideline is Glenn and Jordan Younger. Now Jordan Younger doesn't have a headset either does James Stanley. So I'd say the offense has the bulk of them um, because of the difference in in line play, the, the need to actually be monitoring the line play and what kind of stunts and stuff, um, pressures that the opposition is bringing. So we've got a couple headsets for that kind of com- communication.
1: And remind us on when the um, speaker system in the quarterback's helmet shuts off.
0: doesn't. It doesn't shut off no, at all? No, I thought it shut changed, off. Changed, the rule t- changed. They yeah. did, huh? okay. So they can be, if you watch closely, in games, especially maybe some live mic games, you can hear the coordinator talking to the quarterback. Did that just change in, this year? Even into the play? Yeah. Did that change this year? Uh, this or last? I can't remember.
1: Okay.
0: But before it was like shut it was off, shut off yep.
1: ten seconds or so before yep. the twenty second round.
0: But with that, you had to have some a CFL official working that system. Hmm. And so if they weren't paying attention, there'd be a turnover. This is yeah. what it happened most, and you wouldn't get your quarterback mic system flipped over. Okay. So you'd be in the huddle with no quarterback mic system and it's really, that's a pain in the butt when you're in a, in a opposition stadium Uh and the guy doesn't flip the mic over. That's a problem. Yeah. So they did away with, I guess they did away with that system. It's just, I don't know how it gets switched now. Honestly, that's, I should know that, but.
1: I presume you guys try not to speak to Strevler or Matt Nichols as they're, Approaching the line though and calling the play, that would be quite distracting, would it not?
0: Well, I don't know if it's distracting or not. I, we we tend not to do that. Yeah, but you can see that other teams do. huh. yeah. The Bombers' Coaches Show on six eighty CJOB.
1: Welcome back to the final segment of the Coaches Show with Mike O'Shea, and we will be here, of course, again next Monday, even though the Bombers have a bye and don't play this weekend. Gerald, you're on with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead. Yeah, I couldn't over the recent theme of next man up, uh, how impressed I was uh, before the game on Saturday hearing uh, Bob, your
3: interview with uh, Rashid uh, Bailey and mm-hmm. uh, just uh, his humility and contrasting the gentleman south of the border and the drama going on uh, that here's somebody who stepped it up and, and joined right in uh, right away. Just awesome to see. So, uh, love to see what's going on uh, with the team that's your coach and just uh, uh just uh how everyone's pulling for each other uh
0: yeah i appreciate that that's the one thing that sometimes gets lost in pro sport is is it it's really it's played by people <laughs> so when you when you delve into the to the personal side of it it's it's pretty hard not to get uh, excited for these guys absolutely so uh
3: keep up the great work Okay. Thank you, Gerald, yeah. thanks Thank you. very
0: much. Thanks, Gerald. Uh, here's a
1: text. Hi, Coach. I was in Regina last week. Great performance. I love when the fans have their heyday, but we showed them how to play on Saturday. My wife made me walk 2.7 kilometers back to the hotel. She would not get into any vehicle that had Saskatchewan plates. <laughs> this is after the game in Regina, I guess. I did not realize what a bummer fan I have or such a bad loser. Ha, ha, ha. Okay. So he's Perfect. saying his wife wouldn't let him get in the cab in Regina because <laughs> that's Saskatchewan plates.
0: You got to uh, do your part.
1: Yeah. Right, there you go. Uh, this from Mike. Hi, guys. Excellent game last Saturday. Huge, huge thumbs up to Chris Streveler. His grit and determination is the reason we won that. When the team sees a quarterback play like that, it just lifts everyone up and makes them want uh, to play just as hard. Good on him. Well, you said on our postgame show that that run he made, uh, Mike, in the second quarter, really
0: the the bench erupted. Yeah, I said I categorize as powerful. There's uh, plays like that do yeah, have an impact on the absolutely. rest of the players. Aren't you? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and 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 certain guys too that you know they just like you look at when you know a few games go when Tadric Hansen caused a fumble or had a sack. You know, just there's something about certain guys too that that when they make plays that the team is really on board, right? Mm-hmm. You must be
1: so pleased with, and you talk a lot about your depth and you certainly have depth, but you were down a lot of really good players on Saturday, but it didn't seem to matter. That must please you greatly.
0: Yeah, it does. That's the bottom line. It does. I'd like to think that's uh, for the players to realize that's uh, progress in terms of um, becoming a team, you know, because it's more than just a good athlete stepping into the next, stepping into his opportunity. It's, why they're doing it, what they're bringing to the table, you know. I think it's those kind of performances are are indicative of their desire to, to do it right for their teammates, mm-hmm. I believe, you know.
1: Other text. Hi, my name is Jen, and I have season tickets behind the bomber bench. I often watch Medlock and Rempel practicing during the game, and I noticed this week with Rempel's injury that you had Thomas Miles as well as the new guy snapping. wonder if Rempel is expected back soon as neither Miles or the new... Max Latour. Yeah, she and that that's where the text ended. She didn't finish it off. Um, so is Rempel expected back? And I think
0: she's suggesting that neither of them was as good as he is. Well, Chad Rempel is the best. Yeah. So, um, you know, to me, there's there's no doubt he's the best in the league. He has been for quite some time. So, uh, But Thomas Miles did a great job. Um, that's not easy being put in that spot. Uh, and we brought in uh, Max Latour, and and he's a you know a taller, a taller, bigger guy, and and he can fire it back there, and I thought he did quite well. And he just he's had a hard time breaking into the into the league as a lot of those specialty players do. But I'm pretty sure Remp will be back uh, in short order. Uh, good evening, Mike. I'm
1: wondering if you will give Mr. McGuire some playing time. That's your uh, backup quarterback now.
0: Well, I think it all depends on the game situation, you know, same reason why S- Strav's reps were limited when Matt was in the game. You want to finish out games, you want to finish them clean, and, uh, you know, the plan was at a certain point in the game, we were, uh, we were putting in Sean McGuire, so, mm-hmm. uh, because we had built up a decent lead and felt that we had uh, significant control of the game, but Games do change in a heartbeat in this in this league. Another text, uh, Jason
1: from BC, can you explain why Willie was fined for the late hit on the quarterback during the game in Regina? To me, it looked like a 50-50 penalty.
0: Yeah, it wasn't late. He It was a high hit. They fined him for a a, a high hit, so a contact above the shoulders with the quarterback. Yeah, so number four of Saskatchewan, Micah Johnson
1: would probably get fined for his rough play on Saturday. He hit uh, Straveler in the
0: helmet. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't know that. That list comes out. The disciplinary list comes out sometime later in the week. Yeah.
1: Uh, from Miguel in Trehern, this is for Mike O'Shea. Casting your mind back to your playing days, do you recall facing a quarterback like Fajardo, who relied on a particular move to dodge an oncoming rush, and that's the spin move he's talking about?
0: Yeah, I mean. Every quarterback you face, you know, as a front, you study it and you look at where he likes to escape and um, throwing lanes he likes to use. And, you know, does he, which way does he throw better if he's on the run? And and those are standard things you always uh, look at and evaluate. And, you know, we spoke for two straight weeks on the fact that he will spin out in this one direction. And I think we let him go four or five times the first game and we let him go two or three times this game. And it's is, you know, Winning's nice, but that, that part's annoying. <laughs> and the players don't like it either because they know what he's doing and they practice it. And that they has got to be better at it.
1: We're out of time. Your third meeting with the Riders will be pretty spirited down the road, won't it? It will be. Yeah. But you've got a game with Montreal in two weeks. Yeah, that's, so that's going to be spirited Way too. down the road, yeah. yeah. We've got
0: to take care of business first. Okay.
1: Mike, thanks very much. We'll be back next Monday with another edition of The Coach's Show, Michael Shea on 680-CJOB.